So good morning, <clears throat> good morning, Eastside family. We want to let our children, ages three through third grade, make their way that direction to junior worship. And if you have children in that age range, just kind of follow the adults going that direction. The rest of you get your phones and silence them. But you can, if you've got a Bible in there, open it up, get your Bibles out and um, pay attention to me. As I try to pay attention to me. So where it was, oh yeah, I want to remind you of a very important aspect of our worship. Every Sunday we bring our offering to the Lord, and so there's four ways that we make possible for you to bring your offering to the Lord. You can mail a check to our church address, you can go online to our website, there's a little box right there that says give, click on that box, follow the easy instructions. You can do an automatic draft through your bank, or you can, if you're here in person, you can drop off your check right there in the box at the table on the way out. And if you're not here in person, if you're live streaming, we are so glad to have you here. You're just as much a part of this church family as the people that are here in person. If I had time to introduce you, a lot of new faces I don't know, but if you're a guest of mine, I will embarrass you. And so Karen and I are absolutely glad to have Chad and Lacey O'Connor here today. And if you've never seen the parting of the Red Sea or the raising of Lazarus from the dead and you want to behold, and I'm not joking, a miracle of God, go meet Lacey. She, as a teenager, we knew Lacey from Baton Rouge, spent a year and a half in St. Jude with cancer, was supposed to die and didn't, was certainly never going to walk again. Yesterday, Lacey summited a, a, a Colorado mountain, walking incredibly. So, what a story. What a story. Oh, my goodness. I didn't cry telling that story. Karen's crying. Um, look, this is going to be a really heavy sermon. And so I've got some help to make it not so heavy, and I'll start out a little bit light. Um, some of you were introduced to Macy, I guess, a few years ago, but I decided to bring her out because I'm reteaching this text once again. And here's just a little historical background. You're going, what is that? Um, I guess many years ago when I was in Baton Rouge, 10 to 15 years ago, I'm going to teach 1 Corinthians 12, and I said, okay, I really need a visible visual of a mannequin. So I went to the mall. And I went from store to store saying, you guys, it was kind of awkward. Do you have a mannequin for sale? That was kind of awkward. I remember even walking past Victoria's Secret and thought, no, I'm not even going to ask in there, you know. <laughs> what would it look like me walking out of there, right? And so the guy at Macy's, that's where she got her name, says, yeah, I think come upstairs. I think I've got one I can sell you. And so... Um, I didn't know they had these big storage facilities, storage rooms upstairs in the mall. And so we walked in this room, and it's like we walked into a... a, a horror movie there were like I'm, I, every time I tell the story maybe I exaggerate but I think there must have been a hundred I'm not kidding mannequins just standing there the room was dark except for one little bright light at the at the front of the room and I thought we'll turn the light on and he didn't and I thought well I'll just buy this mannequin right here at the front he decided no we had to walk in the dark through all these mannequins you know they were just staring straight ahead and you just know any minute one of them's going to reach out and grab you or something like that and we got back to to this one and I don't know why he decided on this one she's got a little crack back here maybe that's it I bought her for sixty dollars and I had not thought about this ahead of time. How do you get, a, and she was not clothed. None of them were clothed. I had not thought about how do I get this girl from here through the mall to the other side, out of the parking lot to my car. And so I'm not kidding. Imagine me walking through the mall. Karen, she's a big girl. Carrying this 
carrying this thing. You know, people are looking at me like, is that the preacher from that church over there? And then I, and then I get out to the parking lot, and I didn't think about this part either. How do you get her in the car? She wouldn't fit. She's too big. Well, right here at her hip area, you can twist her, and she comes in too. So I took her legs, put them in the back seat, and being the immature person I still am, I sat the rest of her up in the front seat. Shouldn't have done that. And so you got to imagine the looks at the red light, you know, when you're sitting there. And I got home, and Karen's not there. And being the immature person that I still am, I said, i got to play with this. So I put her back together. I went into the bathroom. I put her in the bathtub. I closed the shower curtain. I left. Karen came home, and she's cleaning the bathroom. She opens the curtain, shower curtain, and she survived that heart attack. But she said, no, 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 no. She's not staying here. And so Macy stays in my office, but she's too big to be in my closet. And so I can dismember her. So if you ever go to my office and you look in a closet, I don't want you to be traumatized. It, it's Macy, okay? Um, Macy is going to help us learn two truths from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And hopefully with her up here, you'll never forget this. If you were here eight years ago, I think it was about eight years ago, you remember this and you remember it well. I have only one slide, so it's going to be hard for you to forget this. The, the two points are everybody needs the body and the body needs everybody. Repeat that after me. Everybody, no, after me, not with me. Here we go. Everybody needs the body and the body needs everybody. We got a newlywed couple sitting right back there. Glad to see you guys here, Javal and Akara. Sorry, if you're newlyweds, I'll call you out too. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's look at this truth, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll start in verse 12. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense... That's kind of weird. Think about that. If the whole body were an eye... If the whole body were an eye, don't say God doesn't have creativity and humor. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? Or if the whole body were an ear, imagine that. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, as in, but in fact, this is powerful. God has placed the parts in the body, each one of us that's talking to you, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If we could just accept that. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts but one body. Verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that, are, that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to, the, uh, honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that the parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, this is beautiful also, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So there, I had five lessons set up to teach 
All for the purpose of talking about the power and the importance of community and the importance of relationships. And that was all to, to kick off or get our life groups kicked off for life group season. Well, we just kicked off our life groups last Sunday, but I still had two more lessons to go. And we're going to cover those two lessons because there's a larger discussion we need to have as a church other than just about life groups. We are now in a time what I would call post-COVID recovery. Our church and churches are going through what I would call post-COVID church recovery. I don't think, I think the thing is obvious, COVID, man, it, it did its number on us. COVID did some damage to our lives and to our nation and did some damage to our, our churches as well. And while the damage of COVID is extensive in many ways, in the wake of his damage, there were, there were two mistaken trains of thought that surfaced as it related to church life. And those two mistaken trains of thought are, number one, you know, I don't think I need church. And secondly, I don't think church needs me. Too many, it seems, have falsely concluded through COVID, I can do this faith thing on my own. And secondly, I think, I think, I think they're going to be okay without me. But listen, nothing could be further from the truth. And this passage makes that abundantly clear because I'm going to suggest while there are a trillion points here, you work on those in your life groups, the main point of this passage is repeat after B. Everybody needs a body and the body needs everybody. And so Paul makes this clear and he's using the illustration of the human body comparing it to the church comparing it to the church, and he's talking about an ear and an eye and a, and, a, and a hand and a foot. And so, and so the hand, the hand says to itself, the left hand, and maybe you've heard this before, I'm just not into the institution of the body. I'm not into organized body. You ever heard people say that? I'm not into the institution of the church. I'm not into organized religion. But you wonder, what kind of religion do you want? You want disorganized? And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to secretly slip away and, and separate myself from the body. And I'll be okay right over here. And the body's going to be okay without me. Wrong. Wrong. Why? Repeat after me. Everybody needs the body. And the body needs everybody. The hand, listen, is going to wither away and die disconnected from the body. And the body is never again going to function to its full capacity without the hand. You cannot, it's clear, you cannot, you may fool yourself into thinking you can, you cannot survive, you cannot thrive disconnected from the body of Christ. Now that's the truth that God laid down in creation. Man was not created to be 
alone. We need community. Now, I want to stop and clarify something because I'm likely getting ready to make some people angry that I don't intend to make angry. Some of you get angry and maybe you need to get emotionally stirred up and convicted for change. But some of you, I just want to state this here. I, I believe COVID is real. And I believe it can be caught by someone else. You're catching it for someone else. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I have a 34-year-old friend that died from it. I don't believe the doctors were making it up when he said that's what killed him. So I believe this is real. And therefore, if you are being wise for health reasons to avoid close contact, then I, I respect that. As a matter of fact, what I'm really impressed with, if those that have said for, for wisdom and responsible Dis distancing for health reasons I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull away to some degree but I've watched some that have done such a marvelous job of staying connected in, in, in with the church body in very, very creative ways and who've maintained consistent communication that's phenomenal but here's where the problem lies is that those who started out with a sincere motive of saying you know what I'm just going to social distance over here they started out with those motives but now COVID has become an excuse for continued prolonged disconnection to the point that you've lulled yourself into falsely believing I can do this on my own and they're going to be okay without me first of all if you're thinking I can do this on my own then the Bible from Genesis to Revelation with its huge theme of the need for community then all that's wrong if you can do this on your own you have proved God wrong but secondly as far as they'll be all right without me. I'll just tell you from Scripture I can prove that point not true. But secondly, I can tell you from personal experience. No, no, we are not okay. The hand is, is not, the body is not okay without the hand. We are not okay without you. We feel the hurt and the discouragement of your absence. And this is not church police saying, you're supposed to be at church. No, you're loved, you're needed, and you're missed. And it's not like you have to have the role of the preacher for that to be true, okay? Noreen Gardner recently died at 101, just a month ago, we, we did her funeral. And the Sunday before she died, before she went into the hospital and died, she was here with her church family. And you would think at 90 years old is like, we would be okay with at 90 years old her saying, you know, I'm 90. You know, I, I, I've been to church so long. I've been part of the church body at 90 years old. I think that's enough. And, you know, there's COVID. And you would especially think that would work when you're 100. Okay. We would have understood. But she was consistently and faithfully here. Truth is, Noreen was more faithfully connected to this church body than many people who were 60 and 70 years younger than she was. She could have said, I'm 101. Like, what am I going to do? What do I have to 
offer. They don't need me. She was here. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. Not once here did she ever complain about her life situation, although she had some reasons to complain. She was losing her sight. She was losing the health of her body. Not once did she ever complain about the church. If there's people in the church, there's always reasons to complain. She never did. She was always so kind, so loving, so gentle, and so sweet. Okay, sure, she wasn't preaching or teaching children's classes at 100 years old. She wasn't unloading moving trucks for new people to come in. She wasn't out helping us cut down the trees when, when we were working on our landscape here. But she, her presence here alone, I'm not kidding. And Rhonda's not here. Oh, I hope she's watching. Um, it's her daughter. Her presence alone, it, it kept me going. And it was so incredibly encouraging to all of us the same is true for Lillian guys now Lillian is not 101 Lillian if you're watching let's be honest (laughs) you're not a spring chicken (laughs) she would be laughing right now she's probably watching I hope she is and Lillian has had some health issues and Lillian has made some wise decisions about not always being here. But I'm going to tell you, throughout COVID, for the two years, we'll call it two years, I don't know how long it was really, up to this very day, never did she fail to consistently send letters to the staff and elders of this church telling us that she loves us and telling us that she's with us. Huge, huge part of encouragement Of doing her part. So, we got a stubby arm here. And the stubby arm accidentally hits the right arm. And it it hurts the right arm. So what do you do when you get hurt by somebody in the body? Let's see if we can do this right. Stubborn right arm. The right arm decides, I'm out of here. Isn't it shocking how many people leave a church because they got their feelings hurt and instead of obeying Jesus and going to them and talking to them to reconcile with them, they just leave. Because, I mean, anyway, I mean, look, how many other arms are there over there? I was looking for a body with more arms. I mean, the only, the, only arm, the only arm that is there is that stubby arm. And this body, this body is, is not meeting my needs. What a selfish statement. This body is just, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll show that. I'll just go over here on my own. And I'm going to have my own contemplative Christian life with just me and the head, just me and Jesus. But arm, there's a wee problem here. The head is over there, (laughs) not over here. You don't get it. You see, you cannot disconnect from the body without disconnecting from Christ because the Bible is clear. Jesus is the head of the body. He doesn't disconnect from the body. He is in the middle of the church. You are fooling yourself to think that I can be 
close to Jesus, but distant from his body. That's kind of like, that's kind of like, like Karen, if Karen and I had four children, we're just going to imagine that only. If Karen and I had four children and you all said to me, Eddie, we want to have you over for dinner, but could you leave Karen and your kids at home? Because we just don't like them. I ain't coming. <laughs> I'm a package deal. I, I have a family, all right? You reject me, and you're rejecting. No, you reject my family, you're rejecting me. Now, let me just clarify something. So, Eddie, that means there's never times when I need to go and be alone. Of course there are. I do that. Jesus, did he not? He went away to the mountain, okay? But did he stay there and say, it's just going to be me and the Father here on the mountain for the next whatever? He came down to that mountain, re-energized for service, and re-engaged in the body that he was a part of. Jesus is never outside of the church. Now, there, there is... Um, an interesting phenomenon that's become very pronounced throughout COVID, throughout this COVID ordeal. And at least from my observation, it's really become pronounced. And it's something that's called ghosting. You ever heard of ghosting? Ghosting is this new colloquial term that refers to cutting off contact with someone. And you don't give them any word about it. Or no warning or explanation. And they call it ghosting because it involves someone just basically essentially vanishing into thin air. It's kind of like they're a ghost. You're used to seeing them here as a part of the church family. And all of a sudden, poof, they're gone. No word. No goodbye. No explanation. And you're kind of just sitting there going... I thought we were family. I thought we were a body. I thought we were, were, were friends. You know, it's kind of like, like this. Imagine you have a family of eight. And you got this big dinner table. And everybody gets together every evening for dinner. And all of a sudden, two of the chairs are empty. Like some chairs here are empty. Two of the chairs are empty. Two people just aren't there tonight. Well, maybe they had something going on. They just didn't let us know. The next night they're not there. The next night they're not there. And this goes on for weeks. And this goes on for months. And then all of a sudden, they're like there's no word of what happened or where they are. They're just not there at the table. The table that Jordan so beautifully described. And what would be really hard if on Facebook, all of a sudden you saw them posting pictures of them having dinner with another family. It's like, oh my, they just switched our family for another family with not a word. That would hurt, wouldn't it? Wait a minute, this is not actually, it's not hypothetical. It's not that would hurt. That does hurt. In psychology, in this article in Psychology Today on ghosting, it asks this question, is ghosting emotional abuse? And it goes on to discuss, and I'm, I'm quoting, and I'm reading from the article, how ghosting is associated with negative mental health effects on the person on the receiving end and has been described by some mental health professionals as a passive-aggressive form of emotional abuse or cruelty. And I'm thinking, oh, that's a little bit extreme until I start thinking about, well, wait a minute. 
uh, we have been. Maybe not you. Maybe I'm the only one here. I've been ghosted by church members. And, and it hurts. And it can make you feel worthless to the person ghosting you. The article in Psychology Today goes on as far as is described ghosting. It calls it narcissistic. And I quote again from the article. The reason narcissists can walk away without a final goodbye is due to the fact that they lack crucial human components of caring how their actions affect others. As long as they are comfortable, it doesn't matter how others feel. Now, that's not speaking of the church context, but it could. Now, I told you this was going to be heavy, okay? Um, I, I, I'm pretty certain that for most people in the church contact who just disappear, they're not thinking, I'm going to do this to hurt some people. I don't think they're thinking that. And I don't think they're realizing how much their distance and their separation hurts and discourages others in the body. But it does. The body feels this. It feels this. It feels that. Some months ago, I, I noticed a couple hadn't been here for a while. And, well, it was like maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago. And I thought, okay, it's COVID. Benefit of the doubt, it's COVID. But then, I don't know how I noticed, they're over at that activity with that group of people. They're on this airplane with all of those people. They're going here, this public place here, that public place. And I realized all of a sudden, okay, this isn't COVID. And I met with them and not, why aren't you at church? Like church, no, I love them. I care about how they're doing. That's what was at play there. And they said to me, okay, Eddie, here's what we were doing. We were just thinking we could quietly slip away from East Side, unnoticed, and slip quietly into another church without it affecting other people. Well, we did notice. A body part just doesn't quietly slip away it did affect us it did hurt it still hurts okay Macy can live on she can she can live on <laughs> but she's going to feel that absence now here, here's a problem with this lesson those that need to be hearing it the most aren't hearing it at all so why am I wasting my time preaching to the choir? There's two reasons why these two truths are important for us to be reminded of. First of all, for those of us that are connected, we need to be, we need to be reminded of Jesus' beautiful description of the good shepherd. He's got 99, one wanders off in the beautiful description of him going out and finding that one that is missing. Church, we have a responsibility, but if it's all it is, then good grief, what is going on here? It's got to be, is there not a familial love that causes me to say, hey, somebody's missing. I know who they are. To reach out to them, to contact them, to bring them back. If you weren't seeing me here for an extended period of time, and then all of a sudden you guys started bombarding me with 
with visits and cards and text messages and, and emails saying, Eddie, we love you. Eddie, are you okay? Eddie, we miss you. Eddie, we need you. Man, that would be really hard for me to resist. And so the attitude today shouldn't be, oh, well, hand is gone, arm is gone, but at least we got the rest of the... No, 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 no. We should do everything we can to reach out to those who have disappeared and left. That's applicable. Then secondly, I think this lesson is important for those of us who are connected to serve as a preventative measure for the future. In the future, God forbid, there may be something again like COVID. It may happen again. What, what, how are we going to act that time? In the future, listen, as long as there are still people in this church, there will be somebody here that is going to hurt your feelings, and it could be me. In the future, you may come to a point, uh, I don't know if they really need me, or I don't know if I, I really need them, or maybe there'll be another church that will just kind of attract your attention. Whatever that might be in the future, when that happens, I want you to remember Macy. I want you to remember we're family. We're family. We're a body. And you are an essential part of that body. The church, unlike Macy, has no appendix that, oh well, we can just take it out, don't need it anyway. Your role and your gifts are of great value and worth to this body. Whatever you do, never forget. Repeat after me. Everybody needs the body. And the body needs everybody. Verse 26, if one part suffers with it, every part suffers with it. There are some of us today that are suffering and you're carrying some hurts. We don't want you to carry that alone. We want to suffer with you. We're going to stand in a moment. We're going to sing together. We're going to offer up a song of prayer to the Lord. And if you're carrying a heavy burden or you know someone that is, you need to reach out to one of our shepherds or to anyone else that's here. I want you to reach out to them. Let's spend this time in prayer. Or if you're that person that needs prayer, uh, find someone to pray with or if you know someone. And if you're live streaming with us, that includes you as well. You call one of us, text one of us, email one of us. Yeah, we would love to pray. Let's stand together and close now in prayer. Father, we take this powerful truth here in 1 Corinthians 12 that um, is very needed and very relevant. Take this, O Holy Spirit, and take these words and penetrate them deeply into our hearts and show each one of us what it means for our lives individually in very personal and very practical ways. We come to you and to one another in this time of prayer. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the Senior Minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. I'd like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.